morning. Happy to see each one of you today in the house of the Lord. You know, when I was growing up, there was, um, actually predates me, but his music was still pretty famous at the time, a singer by the name of Keith Green. Anyone heard of Keith Green before? He was pretty radical for his time. His lyrics were pretty intentional and convicting. Uh, Probably in today's modern music, you might not find some of the lyrics that he actually wrote. And there was a song, when when I was growing up, there was a song that God really used to speak to me to serve the Lord, a song that uh, resonated really with me in God confirming his calling in my life to serve him. Um, and I want to read you some of the lyrics. Now, some of you might know, does anyone, anyone here, you know the song, Asleep in the Light? Some of you heard of Keith. Maybe when I read you some of the lyrics, you know, now, these lyrics are pretty convicting, okay? And he, he's writing this, this song to the church, and he says in this song, do you see, do you see? All the people sinking down. Don't you care? Don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Oh, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know it's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds one tear. But he cries. He weeps. He bleeds. And he cares for your needs, and you just lay back and keep soaking it in. Oh, can't you see such sin? Because he brings people to your door, and you turn them away as you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace, and all heaven just weeps. Because Jesus came to your door, and you left him out on the street. Open up, open up, and give yourself away. You see the need, you hear the cry, so how can you delay? God's calling, and you are the one, but like Jonah, you run. He told you to speak, but you keep holding it in. Oh, can't you see such sin? The world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead? When you've been so well fed, Jesus rose from the grave, and you, you can't even get out of bed. Oh, Jesus rose from the dead. Come on, get out of your bed. I wonder, are we asleep in the light? Father, as we look to your word today, we pray that you would speak to us. Lord, help us to understand, Lord, that our service to you and to others is our worship towards you. And so we pray, Lord, that you would enlighten our eyes of our understanding and help us, Lord, most of all, to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that song, again, like, I think if we sang that song congregationally, it might not be so so great to sing, right? But I think if you sing it on your own, I think it's really powerful. And at least for me, it was something that really convicted me, something that really spoke volumes to me. And, and, I, and, and I share those words with you because the, the title of, of the, the message today is True and Proper Worship. And what we want to see as we're studying this, as we're going through the series on worship, what we want to see specifically today is how as we serve God and as we serve others, that is our worship to God, right? So we could 
gather together congregationally and sing songs, and that can be worship, and uh, we can serve God, we can do other things as, as worship, as Pastor Kevin has been sharing these past couple of weeks, right, true about true worshipers. But one aspect of this worship is also as we serve others, as we give of our lives to others, that also is, is worship. Now, you might think, oh, well, that's just for the pastors. They should go out and witness and share the word of God, and they should do that, whom God has called to do that. And, you know, many years ago, um, before Martin Luther sparked the Protestant Reformation in 1517, most things connected to God and to the word of God were actually, in terms of worship, was actually done by the priests. And, but Luther championed something called the priesthood of all believers, which is that all of us, each of us individually are all priests. We all have a role to play in ministering to God and also ministering to others. And that's what, in this New Testament time, is our responsibility, that we all, each and every one of us, are priests that worship the Lord, that serve God. So, so in this series on worship, we're going to look uh, this morning at how our service can actually be part of our worship towards God. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. So you see this phrase here, worship and serve, put together. Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Our worship towards God is in many different forms and ways, and one aspect is our service towards Him. Now we read, uh, Mark read uh, in the scripture reading, Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 to 13, and I just want to concentrate on that portion this morning uh, to see how uh, God is calling us to service. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your lives or offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and proper worship. And that's the title of the message today. Offer your lives, offer your bodies, offer everything that we have, all that we are, our body, our soul, our spirit. We give everything to God, and that is our true and proper worship. The question that, uh, you know, that I think the Lord has for us today is, are we engaged in this true and proper worship? Are we engaged in giving our lives completely to the Lord, surrendering ourselves completely to the Lord in true and proper worship? This is, our service is an expression of our worship. And in verse 2, we see this, uh, we see Paul exhorting uh, the people there, the contrast between the pattern or the ways of the world and the pattern of God in service. Verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, in this verse, Paul reminds us not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? The pattern of this world teaches us to put ourselves as number one. It's all about me, myself, and I. What is good for me? But the pattern of Christ and what we, what we understand from the Word of God is that Christ left us an example of self-sacrifice, of yielding, of surrendering. And in order to follow the footsteps of the Lord, we also need to follow in that pathway. It's not, about, it's not just about us. It's not just about what's good for me, how much money I can make, how, what kind of uh, house I can live in, or what kind of possessions I can have, or how I can better my own life. Now, there's nothing wrong in those things. But is that our central focus, or do we have this attitude and mindset that seeks to serve others first? Because I believe that's the mind of Christ. 
He didn't come to be served, but to serve. And, and so the mindset of the world is totally opposite to that. And so Paul, in this, in, this, in this passage, he exhorts the people, and he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. In verse 1, he's saying, this is true and proper worship. Surrender yourselves, yield your bodies, yield your lives to God in his service. And he says, but don't be conformed to the way the world works. Don't be conformed to the way the world thinks. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 2, it says, walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is Christ's example. He was a sacrifice to God. And so this is the kind of mindset that we need to have. I was reading a story recently of a man named Manuel. Uh, this is actually from, a, from an article from an organization called Open Doors uh, that seeks to help the persecuted church. And this, this incident happened many years ago. You'll see by one of the things I'm going to say. But it happened in one of the South American countries. And Manuel, he was called of God to take Bibles and share the gospel with some of the guerrilla soldiers in this anti-government uh, regime. And there were many people that were illiterate, so he took the New Testament on cassette. So you know how old this, this story is, right? He took the New Testament on cassette to these people, right? And he was, it, it was very bold and it was very risky. And uh, one day, some of these guerrilla soldiers, they, uh, with their AK-47 guns, they came and intercepted him and ordered him to stop preaching. They said, stop handing out Bibles, stop handing out cassettes, stop handing out other Christian materials, stop preaching about Jesus. They threatened his life if he did not stop. And months later, Manuel, he didn't return home as was expected. And so they sent a search party out and they found his body, or at least what was left of his body. His feet, his hands, his tongue had been cut off. And with a knife, they had carved on his torso a message in Spanish, we told you to stop they chopped body parts, uh, the chopped body parts that were aside completed the message and said, stop visiting the villages, stop distributing Bibles, stop preaching about Jesus. There was a memorial service for Manuel and so many people came, hundreds of people came. There's more people outside of the church than was actually inside of the church. An evangelist stood up to preach in the memorial service and he challenged the young people that day and said, who's going to take Manuel's place? And 10 young people came to the altar to commit their lives to serve God. And one of the elders of the church, he stood up and with a loud voice, he said, but young people, what if the same thing happens to you as what happened to Manuel? And one of the youths in front cried out, if we die, a hundred will spring up and take our place. Where is this mindset? Where is this attitude from? How was Manuel able to say, this is what I'm going to do? This is totally contrary to the, to the mindset of the world that seeks to save our own life and for us to live a comfortable life and, and, and we are, everything about us is so important. Where did this mindset come in for these young people that came up to the altar and said, yes, we will do the same thing? What kind of mindset is this for this young man to say, if, if we die, a hundred will rise up in our place? It's not conformed to the ways of the world for sure. It's an act of service to the Lord. And so my challenge to you, dear people of God, dear friends, this morning is what are we doing for the Lord? You have a little insert in your bulletin. I'll get to this near the end of the message. How will you serve? 
So hold on to that. I'll get to that in the end of this message. But when we get to verse 3 to 8, we won't take time uh, to talk a lot about about that in our life groups this week. We'll try to dig into that a little bit more. But verses 3 to 8 speaks about how we are members of the body of Christ, and it's our duty to minister to others in humility. And we read those verses that Paul outlines about a few different gifts, about teaching and encouraging, giving, leading, and other things as well. And again, we'll examine some of these things a little bit more in our life groups this week. But uh, this past year, we've, we've run a course called SHAPE a couple of times, and SHAPE is an acronym that stands for Spiritual Gifts, Heart, Passions, Abilities, Personalities, and Experiences, and we study these things so that we could serve, or let me say in other words, so that we can worship God. And, and, and I'll just give you a couple of examples. There was one, uh, one of our, our, our ladies that, went to, that came through the SHAPE program, and she was discovering her, her, uh, her abilities, her natural abilities, and what her passions were, and what she wanted to do with her life. And so after going through the course and seeing these different things of what she could do and how God has gifted her and what her, her experience is and, and the way that God has uh, formed her, you know what she decided to do? She decided to be a pen pal to people in prison. And so um, she applied to um, uh, Charles Colson Prison Fellowship Ministries and applied to be a pen pal. And so she found that this is an area where she could serve. She might not be the person that would stand up and talk to a lot of people, but she's good in English and she wanted to write letters so that she could minister to people like that. And so she's going to be engaging with some young girls and to minister to them through letters and to share the love of Christ. And this is her way of serving. Yesterday, we started a, a running group, and that also stemmed out of our shape group in, in terms of something that people were passionate about, something that people wanted to do, but using that to build community and hopefully inviting people from our community, not just here within our church, but others from the outside to come and engage in an activity that could lead to opportunities to share the gospel. And another initiative, uh, I won't give any spoilers, but another initiative starting in the fall that's actually stemmed out of our shape program as well of something that we want to do to try to encourage people within our community. And so there's so many different things that we can do. We're running Alpha right now, and, and we're, we're so happy to have about 30 people coming out. But we need more help. We need more table leaders. We need people that could, that could cook and make meals. We need people that could uh, invite others to come as well. I'm hoping that when we run Alpha in the fall, that, that you might come out to that as well, and that you might bring a friend. And let that be your act of service. Let that be your worship towards God. We are all called, it's the priesthood of all believers, we are all called to do something. Like Keith Green wrote, you know, we can't just be stuck in bed. We can't just be, you know, lounging around. We can't be asleep in the light. But God challenges us and God calls us. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Be faithful stewards to use our gifts for the glory of God. And so what I want to concentrate on is from verses 9 onwards, which actually speaks of some of the characteristics which I believe are exemplified in our lives as characteristics of true and proper worship. As we live out these things, as we serve others in love, and the key is in love, and we're going to see how love is connected in all these things. As we serve others in love, we can see all of these things being produced in our lives or being exemplified in our lives. All these things are connected with love because as we surrender, as we sacrifice, as we serve, we worship God in love. 
Our worship to God is our service towards Him and towards others. So the first thing in verse 9 is sincerity. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 9, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to that cling to what is good. Our service to God and others must be sincere, not out of wrong motives, not out of selfish gain, not out of a desire for prominence or any other reasons. We serve God and we serve others out of love. Love must be sincere. We sincerely serve God. That that is the worship that is a sweet savor for the Lord. That is the worship that God desires. Matthew 15 Jesus was rebuking some of the people there, and he said, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are are far from me. They worship me in vain. Is our worship in vain? Do we just with our lips say, Lord, I love you, Lord, I, I, I worship you, but there's no actions behind that. There's no sincerity in our heart. There's no longing to actually do something tangible about that. Here he says, they, they're like hypocrites. They honor me with their lips. They say all sorts of nice things with, in, with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Do we fall into that category? As we surrender our lives to serve God, let's worship him. Let's do it with sincere love. Number two, devotion. Verse 10 In Matthew 12 says, be devoted to one another in love. As we serve, there must be an aspect of faithfulness in our lives. There has to be this aspect of devotion, right? Um, It's often said that, you know, sometimes people say, oh, we need some talented people or we're looking for the best people. But actually, really what we need is the faithful ones. You know, they say the best ability is availability, right? So if you're available... That's what God is looking for, right? Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul says he worked. He was devoted. He had a single mindset, a single vision. He was focused on what he wanted to do. And so he was devoted. He was faithful in what God was calling him to do. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, this verse that we just saw, this devoted to one another in love, this word love, the love that's, uh, that this word speaks about is a family love, a fraternal love. It's the, the kind of affection that one shows to their family. And so to be devoted to one another in love is the devotion that we see within family, let it be extended abroad to the family of God. As much as you are devoted to your children, well, let's be devoted to the family of God. As much as you're devoted to your family members in the, in the, in the flesh, in, in, by blood, let's be devoted to the, the family of God as well, right? That's the idea of devotion that Paul is trying to uh, speak about right here. It's a devotion that we show to others, right? So let's be devoted. Let's serve faithfully. This is an aspect of worship. As we serve faithfully, that's our worship towards the Lord. Not just start in one day and the next day, oh, I'm tired, forget it. Let somebody else do it. No. Faithful service. Right? Number three is selflessness. In verse 10, it says, honor one another above yourselves. Now, this is really hard to do. Honor one another above yourselves. As we serve, whether it's in the church or whether it's outside of the church, we must honor and respect and esteem others better than ourselves. Here's the contrast between selfishness and selflessness. 
our service to be worshipped towards God must be marked by selflessness. Our worship, our service to be called worship towards God must be marked by selflessness. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Now, here's the problem in a practical sense. If you want to step out and do some kind of ministry, if you want to lead some kind of ministry, if you want to be involved in some kind of ministry, if you want to participate in some kind of ministry, if you want to do something for the Lord, one thing is sure, you're going to rub shoulders the wrong way with people, right? You're going to run into people that offend you, that don't understand you, that speak against you, that do all sorts of things, and you just want to quit. But that's not the answer. The answer is to honor them more than yourself. And that's how you can work with people. It's, 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 it's the truth of the word of God, right? Honor others, right? Better than yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. In any type of ministry, in any type of service that you want to do, that I want to do for the Lord, there will always be problems. There will always be difficulties. But as we esteem others better, as we honor others better than ourselves, then we can serve together. Then we can worship God together. Our service to the Lord will be our worship towards God, united as one, united as one people, united as one body. So remember, we have to be devoted. So you can't bail at the first sign of problems, right? You might say, okay, Daniel, I'm going to come and I'm going to serve in this area. And you come and you serve. like, oh, but I don't want to serve with this person. Why? That person? Oh, not that person. But if in our heart we say, will I honor that person better than myself? I can serve with that person. Yes? If I esteem that person better than myself, then I won't have any complaints. And I'll say, yes, I can serve with that person. It's not easy. But by the grace of God, we can do that. Number four, spiritual fervor. Romans 12 and verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This is one problem that we run into because sometimes as we walk with the Lord and as we serve God, maybe in a particular ministry or in a particular place, one of the problems we run into is lukewarmness, complacency, dryness, indifferent to, to different things. And that's why Paul encourages the church to be zealous and to have some spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. If our worship or if our service is to be called worship that is acceptable to the Lord, then it must be done with zeal and spiritual fervor. Not marked by lukewarmness, but by zeal and spiritual fervor. If we find ourselves lacking in this area, then we need to go to the Lord, renew our love, renew our commitment to God, renew our devotion and our desires uh, to the Lord. Let's remember why we chose to serve. We don't want to be just taking up a parking spot or taking up a seat in the congregation. We want to be active and used of the Lord. It's not just God blessing us and doing something for us, but it's us serving as well with zeal and spiritual fervor. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Another translation says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What, it, what does abounding mean to you? 
It's not just, let's just do our job. No. Abounding is over and above. There's a zeal. There's a passion. There's a fervor that's there. I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart, with everything I have, with all of my strength. As the Word of God says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And in the same way, we serve God that way. And that becomes our worship to God. True and proper worship to God. Jonathan Edwards was one of the most brilliant men that lived. And in the 18th century, he, as a, as a young man of 19 years old, he wrote something called the 70 Resolutions. And you can go home and Google it and you can read all of it. 70 resolutions that he wrote at the age of 19 where he said, I'm resolved to live like this. I'm resolved to live like this. And he wrote some amazing things that, that categorized his life. And he would read it every single week to remind him of the kind of life God has called him to live, the kind of fervor he's supposed to have, the kind of zeal that he's supposed to have in this Christian life. For example, one of them was resolved never to do any manner of thing, whether in soul or body, less or more, but what tends to the glory of God. Another one, he said, resolved to live with all my might while I do live. And he would read this every single week because he wanted to be fully devoted with zeal and spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Romans 12, verse 12. This is the next portion, and this is the next three things. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Probably top five for me, right? This verse. Romans 12, verse 12. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. So number five, joyful in hope. In anything that we do for the Lord, we must always be joyful in hope. Things may not work out if we step out to serve in one way or another. Things may not work out the way that we desire. It may not succeed in the, in the way that we want. It might not go according to our plans, but we labor in hope, in joyful hope that God is working and he's called us to do this work. He's given us a mission, a vision, and a purpose. And so we are joyful because we co-labor with the Lord. We co-labor with Christ in his mission. So we are hopeful, joyful hope as we serve God. Like a farmer who plants seed expecting for that seed to grow. So we labor in joyful hope. This is what our worship is to God. As we labor, as we serve God in joyful hope, that becomes our worship to him. And he sees us in joyful hope, serving him, laboring for him, working for him. And that is a beautiful act of worship to God. Number six, patient in affliction. Part of serving God and serving others is that trials and afflictions will come. I'm telling you already, spoiler alert, disclaimer here. You decide to fill in this form, and I hope you do, right? I'm telling you already, you got to be patient in affliction, right? Because the enemy is against us when we step out to serve him. The enemy is against us when we want to do something for the Lord. Do we give up? Sometimes, but that's not the answer. We must be patient in affliction. When we don't see the fruit of our labors, when people complain and murmur against us, when people find fault with how we do things, then what do we need to do? Be patient in affliction. Maybe you come and you say, you say, Daniel, I'm willing to to work on some of the garden outside. I'm willing to plant some stuff and make things look good outside. But then what happens? You start to do it. 
10 people will come to you once they find out you're the one in charge and they'll give you 10 bright ideas. Then another 10 people will come to you and they'll give you wonderful praise. Oh, it looks so beautiful and you feel so nice. Yeah, I'm doing a great job. And the next Sunday, another 10 people will come and say, oh, it looks terrible. What are you doing? You've ruined the place. But what do we do? We are patient in affliction and we serve God. And that is our worship to him. That is our worship to him. I'll tell you, you know, in, in, in being in ministry, people will love you and people will hate you the next day. And then they'll love you again the next day. But thank God in eternity they'll love you, so it ends good. <laughs> right? Number seven, faithful in prayer. Faithful, everything we do as we serve God, for it to be worshipped to the Lord must be bathed and clothed in prayer. In whatever we do for God, if it's cleaning up the church, if it's teaching a Bible study, if it's giving a ride to someone in need, we must be faithful in prayer. This is our worship to God. Nothing is done without prayer. In Acts chapter 13, when Paul and Barnabas were sent out to be missionaries, the Bible says that the church there in Antioch, they laid hands and they prayed for Paul and Barnabas, and then they sent them out. Be faithful in prayer. And you might say, well, Daniel, you know, I can't do this thing. I'm too old. Daniel, I can't do this. I'm too young. Daniel, I can't do this because of this problem. Daniel, I look at this list. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do the other. No, this is not for me. I don't like that. I don't like this. And you can cross out everything. I'll tell you one thing you can't cross out. Because we need people to pray. On Sunday morning, we gather here to pray. In our life groups, we pray. We send out an email uh, prayer line for people to pray. I'll give a little plug for our men's morning prayer. Wednesday, 6 a.m. Come out and pray. In whatever, you can say whatever you want to say. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not talented here. I don't have this ability. I don't have this or that. You can say all of those things, but one thing you can't escape out of is prayer. Be faithful in prayer. Let that be your worship to God. Let that be your, as you serve others in prayer, let that be your worship to the Lord. Now, I stopped, I'm stopping after verse 13 with number 8, which we're going to finish with. But we can't do all of these things on a Sunday morning. But actually, after verse 13, there's a few other things that Paul lists. And so, in our life groups, we're going to dig into some of those things as well in our life groups this week. Um, But just the last one for us this morning is number 8, hospitality. Verse 13 says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Like you practice a piano you got to practice hospitality. It takes some work. Maybe at the beginning you got some rough edges, right? And you rub people the wrong way, right? But as you practice hospitality, you'll see the love of God coming out. As we're hospitable to others, we share God's love. We display this aspect of one family. We serve others, and that is our expression of worship to God. First Peter 4 Verse 8 and 9, above all, love each other deeply. See the connection here with love and all of these things. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, patient in affliction. Right? Oh, why don't be hospitable to this person? You know what he did to me. Well, patient in affliction. Right? 
Hebrews 13 and verse 1 and 2. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Remember we looked at that word love and we said it's, like a frater- it's the word used for fraternal love. As we care for people within our own f- carnal family, in our own blood relatives. Let's do that for others. Do not forget to show hospitality to who? Strangers. And so you treat others with that love of God. Right? Now I want you to look at this little handout here. Okay? You all have one of these things. There's a few things listed. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just a few things that we put together. Now what I want you to do, okay, because you know what normally happens? People, if you didn't know this, okay, what normally happens is that people hear the message and as they walk out, they forget everything and they'll forget to fill this in. So what we've done is we've made this, look, this is really cool, tearaway portion. So you hold on to this and this you give to the ushers as you walk out, right? And so it's very simple, name, email address, and you got to fill out here. It says, this is a practical response to what we're talking about this morning. I will worship by serving in fill in the blank. Now, maybe you're not sure. So then just say, just fill out and say, I will worship by serving in anything. Don't worry. I'll take care of the rest. Okay? So just, just, you know, just fill it out and just hand this to the ushers as you walk out to the ushers. Just be at the doors as the people are going out and just fill this in and hand it in. And let our worship towards God be reflected in the way that we serve could be here in church. It could be in things outside of the church. Now, I brought, a, I brought this, this extension cord with me today. Can you all see this yellow extension cord? Now, it's probably all tangled, but it's a, it's a pretty long extension cord that goes pretty far, right? I'm borrowing this illustration from Francis Chan, so I'm going to give him credit for this. So this big, huge yellow extension cord, and on one side here, I've just taped it up in black, And this actually represents our life. This portion here is our life. This little amount of time that we have in this world, whether it's 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80, 90, 100, 110, it's this. The rest of this yellow part of this extension cord is eternity. And it just goes and goes. Even this is not a good enough example because this has a finite end. But what we do here affects everything that happens here. What we do here affects everything that happens here. So what are you going to do today? You going to fill out that form? Yeah. Right? (laughs) Step one, baby steps. Right? What we do here affects everything that happens here. Dear people of God, dear friends, God is calling us to serve, right? Matthew 25 and verse 40, just close with this. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Brandy and the, music, and the um, musicians are gonna come, come up. She's gonna sing a song for us. And as she's singing, what I want you to do is, look at this. You, listen to Brandy. She's going to sing a nice song. But as she's singing, look at this. And maybe just circle something here. Take a step of faith. Write something down on this. And say, I will worship by serving in and fill in the blank.
Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're uncertain. I want to encourage you. The next time we run our shape course, come out to that, and we can help you as we go through the course to find out maybe what your abilities, talents, gifts are, passions are, life experiences are, and maybe be able to focus on, on, on something a little bit better in what you can do in service to the Lord. But let our service be worship towards the Lord.